Welcome into the Waiver Wire show of the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Kent Wyrock. I am once again joined by my friend and co-host, Matthew Betts. How are we doing tonight, Betsy? What's up, Kent? I am doing fantastic. It's been a great week in fantasy. Amari Cooper is scoring touchdowns. Julio Jones is scoring touchdowns. So, yeah, it's been a, it's been a good week. Yeah, how about this Monday night game, though? Um, I'm cheering for defense, and I'm not even kidding. That's the only thing I have going tonight, and... Uh, it's pretty uh, pretty entertaining. Not really. You know what's interesting is I actually ha- I had to play in a dynasty league that Okada and I play together in. Uh, I had to start Alan Hearns this week, and he scored me a touchdown, so I like that. I'm still down by like 30 points though, so I need a huge <laughs> game from him and Dion Lewis. So I got a little bit of a little bit of uh, you know interest in this game, but yeah, I also played the Ca- the Cowboys D, which they looked great so far. Sure. Yeah. Well, you take what you can get, but. Let's uh, let's go ahead and talk about some waiver targets this week, shall we? There's uh, some intriguing options this week. A couple of little uh, pieces of news popped up. So, I mean, at the quarterback position, there's really not anyone huge. There's maybe like a couple streaming guys you could look at, um, like Baker Mayfield, I suppose. He is a pretty easy matchup next week against Atlanta. Um, but as far as like guys you got to pick up and start and keep, I think Fitzpatrick might be the only real one that could be out there that I think should be an every week starter. He threw four touchdowns, uh, none of which were to anyone that mattered, it seems like. But, oh, I guess O.J. Howard. O.J. Howard had two, but um, beyond that, it was a little bit sketchy for the wide receivers. But how how do you feel about Fitz? I mean, he should be, like, near 100% owned, right? I agree. He should be 100% owned, and if you do own Fitz – Definitely don't watch the game. Close your eyes, turn off the sound, and just wait until the box score comes up at the end of the game because when it comes to how his play looks, in general, it is very, very bad. And then all of a sudden, before you know it, he's got almost 300 yards and four touchdowns uh, just like that because he's got magic. But uh, like we've talked about before, the defense can't stop anyone and they can't run the ball to save their lives. So they have to go through the air so much. And at the end of the day for fantasy, it just works out. Yeah, and uh, I, I picked up Fitz and I played him, and I, I was happy at the end of the day. But boy, like you said, it's it gets sketchy a little bit uh, there in the middle. So, uh, but I, the rest of the season, I don't think there's any reason he can't be a top top twelve quarterback. No reason. No, at all. I totally agree with that. And even you know, in this type of game, I think it just speaks to the fact that he's legitimately a quarterback one week in and week out. His top options, Deshaun Jackson, Mike Evans, and, and Chris Godwin, uh, they combined for f- just five catches, and Fitz still went out and put up four touchdowns. So, uh, yeah, even with his top options not really doing much, he still is getting it done. Yeah, well, let's let's go ahead and talk about some interesting positions. Uh, running back especially is one where people are always hunting for someone to play. Uh, and I think you found one this week. I think you found one in Duke Johnson. Uh, welcome welcome to the show. He finally seen some significant targets. He got nine of them and caught all nine for 78 yards. So, yeah, I mean, and he had, what, two touchdowns, right? Yes, he did, two touchdowns. Yeah, it was a great week for him. And uh, people were kind of hoping this would happen with a new offensive coordinator and the new head coach, obviously. Uh, people like Baker Mayfield a lot still, and uh, this this offense certainly has potential. Is, do you think Duke Johnson represents consistent fantasy usage going forward, similar to this game, or what? You know, how do you feel about it? I don't know if I'm ready to give him that title yet and say that it's going to be consistent moving forward. But I will say next week I like him a lot. He gets to play Atlanta, and they are terrible at stopping run uh, pass catching. Excuse me, running backs, um, and that's exactly what Duke Johnson does. Like you mentioned, nine targets. So he also set. 
uh, a season high in, in routes run in this game, which uh, is very encouraging. So I don't think I'm ready to say that he's back yet, but next week he's definitely uh, a flex option for sure. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree. I think he's going to get targets no matter what uh, now. And, you know, the fact of the matter is there's really no wide receiver two on this team. I guess you could say it's Higgins. Uh, I don't really know. And uh, this this entire offense looks better already one week with next to no preparation for the new offensive coordinator and coaching staff uh and they already look better so i'm excited for that team going forward i think uh if if duke johnson's available which he is in over half of leagues right now and according to yahoo percentages you gotta you gotta bid you know eight eight nine ten percent of your fab and and get them on your team if you're in a ppr league yeah and that's exactly what i said as well i'd be willing to go somewhere in the eight to ten range i think that's Perfect. There's not really a guy out there this week that I think is a go out and, and spend up big on type of guy, but the running back position, you know, he could he could be a starter for you next week. So yeah, go get him. All right. Well, let's talk about another pass catching running back. It's probably going to be a little bit cheaper to get, a little bit more under the radar, but has a history of being a, a good pass catching running back. Theo Riddick, just nine percent owned in leagues, had a pretty good day. I mean, he caught a lot of receptions. He did not rack up a lot of yards. Uh, this was, of course, against my super powerful Vikings defense, so it's pretty obvious why he didn't perform. But uh, I don't know. How do you feel about Theo going forward? Yeah, no one on that offense performed because they couldn't get the ball off, and Stafford was just on the turf the entire game. Ten uh, which sacks. I know you, you like to see <gasps> that. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, I, I think – I mean, Theo is a guy who we know what he does, right? It's not it's it's not a surprise. He doesn't run the ball. He catches it out of the backfield, and that's where he makes his heyday in PPR leagues. Um, it's worth noting he's been coming off of a, a knee injury. He's been battling that for the past three weeks or so, uh, and this is the real you know only time we've seen him actually be productive since he's come back. So I think it's a situation where we talked about last week's pod, you know, with Golden Tate out now in Detroit. There's tons of targets up for grabs and. Certainly, if Theoretic is going to be more of that Golden Tate type of player and get those short passes, then sure, I like that. But I'm not ready to con- commit to him yet. This this is kind of just a flash in the pan for now for me. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I mean, Carryon Johnson's going to get enough of the between-the-20s work for Theo to be larger, largely irrelevant. Um, I'm, I'm a little bit worried how this offense looked without Golden Tate, to be perfectly honest. So... Uh, you know, a lot of people have been suggesting that Theo be the fill-in for Tate, and I don't know if I'm ready to say that's a fill-in kind of thing, but um, yeah, yeah, I think I what know. Golden Tate did for this offense is just it's invaluable in in terms of what he provided. I think that they are really, really going to struggle without him, and it showed against uh, that Vikings D. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on over to Elijah McGuire. It was his first week active coming off of a, an injury, a foot injury, actually, or from earlier before the year started. And uh, he actually had a few weeks of practice before he came back and played. A lot of people didn't really realize that. Um, so he looked good. I mean, he came out and uh, he, he put together some points. I don't I don't have a pull-up in front of me. But, oh, oh, here it is. So he had 30 yards rushing on seven attempts, and then he caught three of five targets for another 37 yards. He outsnapped Isaiah Crowell in this game, which is pretty huge considering it was his first game back. And I thought he looked sharp. I mean, he, he looked ready to play. He, probably the best offensive weapon on that team on Sunday. Yeah, I was I was definitely intrigued by what he did, and I know that he's a guy that you've been pretty high on for much of the season, just waiting for him to come back. Um, we talked about it a little bit last week with Bilal Powell going on injured reserve. 
you know, in the preseason, Elijah Maguire is the guy that they actually wanted to be what Bilal Powell was. It just never happened because Maguire was down with that foot injury. But uh, I think it's it's really intriguing to see that he ran 27 routes last week and Crowell only ran nine. And so he's definitely going to be there, you know, pass catching back, which um, that's where Bilal Powell made a lot of his hay. So I, I like Maguire for that reason. Do you think that Elijah McGuire has an opportunity to take over the backfield where, you know, Powell and Crow were kind of like 50 50. Is, is there like any shot that McGuire is better than those two and has and could take all the opportunity here? I definitely think it, there's a, a situation where that plays out. I mean, I don't know that I'm going to put money on the fact that that will happen. But yeah. <laughs> the team, as we know, is probably not doing much this year in terms of making any postseason pushes. And so maybe they say, okay, we know what Crowell is. Let's look at what Elijah Maguire actually is as a workhorse back, and we see what we get out of him. And so if that happens, then sure. But uh, I'm not I'm not optimistically predicting that. Yeah, no, I'm with you there. But, uh, yeah, let's, let's move on over to the Eagles and talk about – but Josh Adams. I mean, we got to bring his name up again. Last week we kind of dropped it as like a maybe you should think about rostering him, but probably not. But he rushed ten times for sixty-seven yards. He once again looked like the best running back in his backfield. Is there is there any question, first of all, to that aspect of this? Is he the best running back in Philadelphia right now? I think in terms of running the ball, yes. I would still prefer. Um... Corey Clement, I think, is a better talent in terms of catching the ball, but they're not using him that way. And so for our purposes and for fantasy, yes, it's Josh Adams, and he's the guy you want right now. Yeah, it's it's hard to ignore this type of uh, efficiency. It, you would think, you would think. Now, granted, Peterson's kind of an you know, analytically-minded coach. His choices are way more complex than this. But if he's producing this well, you'd think they'd start to give him more touches. But Again, that's kind of not how the Eagles have been so far this that's year. Too easy. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it is too easy for Peterson. He's got to make it hard on himself. But uh, yeah, yeah. And also worth noting here too, we talked about it a little bit. Um, it's going to be a situation that uh, it might get even even muddier for these Eagles backfield. Um, Darren Sproles is set to return relatively soon, and they like that guy. They're not going to let him just sit on the sideline yep. so he will get some yep. touches and he will definitely eat into um not just adam's role but also smallwood and clement so yeah it's yeah. a it's a very difficult fantasy backfield yeah i agree so let's move over to the wide receiver position where i think a couple of interesting names popped up this week uh the big one for me is uh mvs or that is also known as marquez valdez scantling uh wide receiver for the green bay packers and there was actually a bit of news today that Geronimo Allison may need a core slash groin surgery. Do you do you have any further insight into that? Yeah, this is a similar situation to the one that we talked about with Marshawn Lynch a few weeks back when he went on the injured reserve. Um, he saw uh, Dr. Myers in Philadelphia, who was a groin surgery and, and sports hernia surgery, core muscle injury type of specialist. Um, and so when Ian Rappaport tweeted that out, you kind of knew, okay, that's the situation. That's what's happening. Um, they're saying it's about a six-week timeline, so right now the options are basically um, if they keep him around and don't put him on injured reserve, he's out for six weeks, and if he goes on injured reserve, his season will be over. So he's going to be out for a very, very long time, uh, which makes Marquez Valdez-Scantling a, a top pickup this week, in my opinion. Yeah, two out of the last three weeks, he's have had over 100 yards, and in the game that he didn't, he had a touchdown. So he's been he's been putting up 
wide receiver two, high-end wide receiver two numbers uh, these last couple weeks, even though Geronimo Allison's got, you know, just a little bit of playing in there. So uh, he's looking good. I mean, I, I have no reason to not consider him worth picking up, even if for some reason Allison did not get this surgery and ended up coming back in two weeks or something. Valdez Scantling just looks better than him out there right now. And I like Allison. I really do. I just think Valdez Scantling is a lot more electric. Yeah, I think this is is a situation where if it wasn't for injury, I don't know that we would really have gotten the chance to see Marquez Valdez Scantling this year. But he's definitely taken advantage of the opportunity. Um, he's starting to develop a little bit more of a relationship with Aaron Rodgers. And honestly, I think that if you pick him up this week, you can immediately plug him in as like your wide receiver three or a flex play without even being too concerned about it. And honestly, I hope the Packers end up firing McCarthy this year. I think it might actually be the year. Do you think they should then, do that? That I no. think. It, oh my God, he's just holding them back so much. He's he really he's like is. a ball and chain attached to Aaron Rodgers' leg. This team should be much better than it actually is right now. Um, but anyway, I won't get into that. That's like a full show type of rant. But let's <laughs> and there's let's no bias at all, right, Vikings fan? Yeah, well, no, actually, I promise you that is not like a Vikings Packers <laughs> type of thing. I just actually think McCarthy's a bad head coach, but he's not good. Uh, let's talk about John Ross, and now this is kind of stemming from this news about AJ Green and his his injury. So, first of all, what have you heard about AJ Green? I've heard a couple of kind of conflicting things, so I don't know if you've gotten a concrete story, but. Um, what do, what do you know about it, and how, and how could this affect him? Yeah, so the latest that I've heard is that A.J. Green is currently dealing with a right big toe injury, which he injured uh, not this past week because the team was on bye. It was week eight. Um, it was towards the end of the game, and he kind of got the foot tangled up underneath the player, and you could see him examining his right big toe on the sideline. After the game, reporters were saying that, you know, the team was saying it's more precautionary that he's in a walking boot. They're not concerned about it. And then, of course, more details came out. Uh, today saying that AJ Green was seeing uh, Dr. Robert Anderson, who is the guy that treated and operated on Greg Olson's foot for the, the fracture, that you know there was potential for surgery, maybe not, and they're not sure. And then later tonight, uh, more details came out saying that he does not need surgery, but Adam Schefter is reporting that he's going to miss at least two games. Yeah, so I mean, a lot of people are like Tyler Boyd, Tyler Boyd, but I think the the sneaky steal here is John Ross um, a guy who hasn't really had an opportunity to get a whole lot of targets behind AJ Green and Tyler Boyd who have both been playing very impressively but uh, it kind of goes both ways a little bit I mean John Ross is not exactly as good of an all-around receiver as Boyd has been this year I don't think he can step up into that role instantly I think he could be good for a couple of spot starts if AJ Green does stay out uh, we'll we'll keep an eye on that, but throw a dollar at him, get him on your bench, and you know hopefully you can get a chance to play him. But I don't really I don't really see an opportunity if AJ Green is coming back in two or three weeks. Yeah, I mean that's definitely true. And John Ross is a guy who I've always liked the idea of owning him on my team, but I've never actually done it because of his injury concerns. He cannot stay on the field and he cannot stay healthy. Um, and he actually he hasn't caught a pass since week four when yeah. he actually caught a touchdown and got injured in the process. And that groin mm. injury is kind of been keeping him out for a long time now. So um, hopefully he can get back out there and get healthy because if he does, he's got um, a good opportunity as early as next week. He faces uh, the Saints, which is going to be uh, a great matchup. So they're going to have the most fantasy points to the wide receiver position. 
Yeah, and actually, they, uh, Marshawn Lattimore is probably going to be covering Boyd, and he's actually been pretty decent and not not the fault of that defense. So uh, that leaves John Ross to pick up the the parts there, and I, I think that's a good play as well. Sneak, sneaky yeah. start if you if you need it. With um with Green out, is Dalton off your streaming radar until Green gets back? Uh, yeah, he has to be. I mean, yeah. I think it just reduces his touchdown upside. Probably limited to to about two, possibly, and I don't even see that really. One touchdown is what I would consider the most likely possibility for him. So, uh, it, with the way he's been throwing interceptions lately, yeah, I'm out. Yeah, I would agree. Until Green's back, I don't want to rely on Andy Dalton personally as my starting quarterback yeah so let's let's talk about another guy that probably not many people have heard of until this last week uh Maurice Harris was out of, out of nowhere I mean seriously this dude is zero percent owned in Yahoo leagues and he Literally got 12 no targets <laughs> 12 targets 10 receptions 124 yards uh did he get a score no, I don't no, believe he, he did, did, right? Nope, just a big uh, day but, of the year. But still, massive day for him uh, out of nowhere. I mean, uh, did you – have you heard of this guy before? <laughs> I've heard of him, yes. Did I expect this to happen? No, of course not. <laughs> yeah, I, okay, I guess I should say that. I mean, I, I've heard the name but never even thought about him uh, from a fantasy perspective before. Yeah, former practice squad player for the Redskins, big guy, 6'3", and um, he's really getting an opportunity to play more recently because of the fact that their wide receivers are so banged up, um, along with their offensive line, honestly, which has been crazy. We won't necessarily yeah. talk about that much, but um, Jameson Crowder has been out for a few weeks straight, um, and now Paul Richardson is, was just sent to the IR. He is having surgery to reconstruct his AC joint, and so he's done for the year. Um, so Harris could be a guy who gets kind of thrust into opportunity just because he has to, and there's no one else really there to catch the ball. Yeah, and you mentioned that offensive line. I think that actually kind of does matter because it's it's in shambles, and that's going to mean not a lot of time to throw. So I don't see – first of all, don't chase the points on this guy. Like don't, don't go throwing five or – any more percent at this guy it's not going to be worth it they'll they'll be up and down weeks Josh Doxson's still there um Jameson Crowder's coming back it it's not worth it the way Alex Smith spreads the ball around and he doesn't have a lot of passing upside there so um yeah I'm kind of avoiding him probably yep I'm I put um on the sheet here for us that I would not actually put any money on him in terms of waiver fab if you want to see what happens with him and you're trying to add him as a free agent by all means, go for it. But, yeah, save your fab. Don't waste it here. All right. Well, let's talk about a Saints receiver and then maybe a possible Saints receiver. This is Ooh. kind of some interesting news today. Um, first, the one who actually did something this week, Traquan Smith, uh, 28% owned in Yahoo Leagues. He had you know, only three targets, caught a touchdown, two receptions, 23 yards. He's been getting some red zone looks, and I think that alone is leading people to – wanting to roster him and kind of stash him a little bit. What do you, what do you think? I mean, Cam, uh, Cam Meredith just got relegated to, to being useless. I was really excited for Cam Meredith this year. Uh, it is It did not turn out whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what you were saying, too. I agree with you. I thought it was going to be Meredith, and then, of course, it, it didn't turn out that way. And it's been Tracon Smith as a wide receiver, too, for that team ever since. But, unfortunately, it just hasn't really led to a lot of volume, which I was kind of surprised about. Um, he had that big game back in week five, which we all remember 
you know, three catches, 111 yards, and two touchdowns on the night that Drew Brees broke the record. And ever since then, he just hasn't really done much. And this week, he was saved by the touchdown. But, you know, six targets, then four targets, and then three targets. So the volume isn't there. And, you know, I've said it all along. I don't like to chase those guys and hope for a touchdown. So uh, I like the idea of Traquan Smith, but I want to see a little more in terms of volume out of him. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. And then, so... Today, news broke that Des Bryant was uh, working out for the Saints, potentially, uh, and also Brandon Marshall. I just I saw that not too long ago as well. And there's a third unnamed wide receiver working out for the Saints. So the Saints are bringing in wide receivers to sign because guys like Cam Meredith just aren't really producing, and they had you know Ted Ginn go to IR. So if Des Bryant were to sign, I think he's the biggest name out of this group. Would you? You got to roster him, right? You got to pick him up. Do you? I don't know. Uh, I mean, yes, I, I think he needs to be owned if it happens, but temper expectations very, very much. I mean, I can't see a scenario where he doesn't require at least two to three weeks to kind of get up to speed, learn the offense, um, and prove that he's actually, you know, able to contribute on the field. Um, it's interesting because, you know, when you say they lost Ted Ginn, he was their field stretcher, and that's something that I think the Saints offense relied a lot on. And Des Bryant is just not that guy. He's more of a possession type of guy like Michael Thomas. So I don't know how he would fit in there mm. with them. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's Drew Brees and it's Des Bryant. So, sure, add him if it happens and see what happens. Let's put it this way. I'm, I'm in a deep league with, like, a, an expendable bench spot. I'll spend a dollar. I'll spend a dollar on Des Bryant just to get him on my roster kind of play the put my ear to the to the road wire you know listen listen and and see what happens but uh i am not overly excited for it but i think the idea of des bryant playing with drew Brees does kind of give me a little bit of the uh fantasy heebie-jeebies so yeah i'd, I'd be excited for that it's a trap but uh it's a trap. yeah it, it might be it might be but if i'm only spending a dollar and i you know i never start him until i actually see the production then am i really gonna lose anything i don't know so no that's a a low-risk, high-reward move, which is a good move. Yeah. So uh, a couple more names. We, we talked about these guys last week. Uh, Cortland Sutton, Christian Kirk, DJ Moore. They're all probably starting to get a little bit more highly percent owned. But if they're out there, definitely you got to add them. I mean, there's no reason not to have these guys rostered in almost every league. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and the thing I want to highlight here the most, I think, is probably the Christian Kirk one because, you know, everyone was on Sutton and everyone was on DJ Moore last week because they were the big names. Christian Kirk was on bye. He's coming off bye, and he gets to face Kansas City and Oakland the next two weeks. So great mm-hmm. matchups coming up here, and he, he flashed a lot before the bye week. Great call. Great call. Uh, I like Christian Kirk a lot too, and I hope that their offense kind of figures, figures it out a little bit better. So we got a couple of tight ends real quick. We can talk about Jack Doyle, of course, is coming off the bye. He had that that nice week when he came back from the injury where he caught uh, six balls for 70 yards and a touchdown. I think his role is going to be consistent with Andrew Luck there. Uh, how much would you spend to get Jack Doyle this week? I would probably keep it to about 5, um, 5% of my budget. If I need a tight end and I'm, I'm desperate, I could go a couple more dollars. But he's not a guy that I'm willing to go out and spend a lot on because – you know, like you mentioned, it was just that one week. I do think his role will be consistent, but at the same time, uh, Eric Ebron's not going to go away, and neither is uh, the other guy, Mo Alley Cox, which is an interesting name. Uh, he caught a touchdown in that game as well, and so 
yeah, with with luck kind of spreading the ball around, um, I think I want to see it a little more before I commit to a high five amount on him. Yeah, I was trying to think like who are some tight ends you'd be replacing. Let let me pull up a list here. Okay, so let's see. Would you rather have? Well, let's let's go this way. Eric Ebron or Jack Doyle? Rest of the season. Oh, Jack Doyle, easy. Okay, Kyle Rudolph or Jack Doyle? Doyle. Jared Cook or Jack Doyle? I would stay with Cook. I think that the offense, there's not much there, and, and he's flashed a lot this season. So uh, I would say Cook. Okay, last one, Jordan Reed or Doyle? Oh, man. The easy choice of week one or week two is Jordan Reed, but I don't know, man. That's tough. I guess I would go, I guess I would go Doyle because of the fact that Jordan Reed – has not done anything of relevance in a month and a half. That's fair. Okay. All right. Well, so I guess maybe um, I should spend a little more on Doyle, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I could throw, <laughs> well, I mean, not necessarily because you know, I, are other people going to be that excited about Doyle? They're kind of forgetting about him after that bye week. You could probably sneak True. him for around that. So I, I kind of agree with the five percent being what you would need, and also look at. Look at the other teams. If if there's guys that have tight ends going on by, I actually don't have the teams on by pulled up. Do you do you know who's on by this week? Um, I know the Broncos are one team. In week ten, yeah, the Broncos, the Vikings, the Ravens, the Texans are all going to be on by. So actually, really, that's that's really just like Kyle Rudolph. So luckily, you that's actually good for this. You can sneak Jack Doyle because there's not going to be many people without their main tight end this week. So good call. Um, and, and then let's talk about a sneaky, a sneaky tight end. Uh, Jeff Herman is it, that's, that's how you pronounce it. Right? It's just Herman. I think it's Ourman. Ourman. I honestly, I don't know. I don't watch many Ogata? Broncos games. We need you. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, he had 11 targets and 10 receptions for 83 yards and a touchdown this last week. So, I mean, if you miss out on Doyle, maybe pick him up after free uh, after he's a free agent. But I, I, I don't think I'm going to spend money on him. Are you? No, I'm not. And like you just mentioned, too, they go on by this week, so you're not even going to get to play him if you actually do end up picking him up. More wanted to put him on this list to, to remind people to kind of keep his name out there. You know, with the Demarius Thomas trade, we thought it was going to be okay. Sutton's going to be the guy who benefits the most from this. Yeah. Um, and, you know, their, their tight end, Jeff Auerman, got 11 targets and it maybe it was more a result of Case Keenum not having much time to throw and he was just kind of dumping it off quickly with the Houston Texans you know defensive line and pass rush really getting to the quarterback but you know every time you see a player get 11 targets it has to open your eye a little bit so name to monitor for me I'm not wasting money to go get him uh let's see what happens first all right and then real quick we got a defense here we're going to talk about um it's the Chiefs I think they're starting to look good kind of recently i mean they start off the season a little bit slower uh they had a little bit of changes in the off season but uh, the last couple weeks they've been putting it together so they're playing the cardinals next week right they are playing the cardinals at home which uh the past several weeks they have been much better at home uh playing at arrowhead than they have been playing on the road so i like them this week as a streaming defense all right so throw a dollar or two at them get a nice streamer for the week and uh hopefully you win your matchups but that's it. That's all we got for today. That's all we got. Let's go watch Amari Cooper uh, score his second touchdown tonight. Or no, Alan Hurts so I can beat Okada. 
I need like a pick six or something from the Cowboys right now. Um, hopefully that that and that that'll win me a matchup. So, all right, here that's we go. all I'm hoping for. But anyway, all right. Thanks for uh, sitting here and listening to the Waivers Show, the Retro's Fantasy Football Podcast for Week Nine. Uh, we'll be here next week on Monday, and then we also have the main show on Wednesday. So thank you. And once again, we are the Richards. Shirts.